drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. And welcome back to the work week. You survived it. You made it through the weekend. Praise be to God. And now you get to get back at it. Just imagine what will what will go on this week, that the Lord is going to do some amazing thing in your life this week. And it could just be, I don't know, slogging through the work week. Who knows? But at any rate, we have a big show for you today. Human trafficking is on the agenda today. The sex slave trade is on the agenda today. I know, it's dark, it's evil, I agree with you. But one of the world's most uh, foremost experts on the subject, Tim Ballard from the Operation Underground Railroad, is going to be our guest on the program. That's a, it's going to be a big show. Tim Ballard, who was former CIA, former Homeland Security, uh, left to make... It possible to try to rescue more children from the sex slave trade, from human trafficking, and put more human traffickers into jail. Praise be to God. We're going to have a good conversation about Tim Ballard on our, with Tim Ballard about his work on the program today. Also on the show today, um, Vera Maria Santo is going to be our guest. She is a, a young woman, a blogger who has uh, traveled the country written and spoken much about what it's like to be same-sex attracted and still live a faithful Catholic life. Is it possible with all the conversations and discussions that we see uh, online, of course, on radio and elsewhere about those with same-sex attraction and church teaching, do they? is it possible to live a good and faithful life as someone who struggles with same-sex attraction? Avera is going to give us great insight into that in this hour. So, Avera Maria Santo and Tim Ballard are going to be our guests in this program. It's going to be a jam-packed show. Hopefully, you can join us for all or most of it. Praise be to God. We're going to have a great time today. And then, of course, in the second hour, if you're able to join us for that, the game show is on the agenda and a brand new prize sponsor this week. In fact, I think it's Rugged Rosary. So, that's kind of cool. So, awesome opportunity to win a beautiful Rugged Rosary this week in the game show during our second hour. The rules and everything is also available on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Anything uh, fun over the weekend? Oh, yeah. I attended an ordination um, on Sunday yesterday and with uh, Bishop Strickland. So that was really cool. Really? Yes. It wow. was uh, for a redemptorist priest. No kidding. Yes. It's, very cool. It's a pretty amazing thing to actually uh, see uh, an ordination mass if you've never seen one. It's uh, pretty elaborate and I got to uh, see a friend of mine be ordained in the FSSP, and that was especially uh, amazing to see. So I can imagine that was a good time. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. Anything fun over the weekend? Oh, you know, just grinding away. No rest for the wicked, right? So I I feel that every day. I'm I'm glad you said that, not mm -hmm. me. I mean, I wrote it down to say it, but I'm glad you're the one who said it. Yep. It's true. It's true. I mean, you know, (laughs) the the wicked are, uh, they lie awake at night, they flee when no one pursueth, and... And I'm always running for some reason. I, I, you know, I've been starting starting to jog, and I and I keep thinking to myself, the the uh, the wicked flee when no one pursueth. And I'm like, wow, I guess that makes me wicked. Do you always say pursueth? Pursueth. I'm just curious. It's it's a. Do you always term. speak in the good old English, or 
just the good old English. Speaking yeah. of good old English, we're having Nick Donnelly on later later this week. We are. Praise be to God. He's a returning guest, uh, Deacon Nick Donnelly of, of Twitter fame. Incredible, uh, incredible Catholic. And we're very excited. This whole week is going to be very, very good, actually. I think Mike Pompeo is going to be played tomorrow. That's correct. So uh, we have a lot of great guests lined up for you this week. Hopefully you'll be able to join us all week long. Do us a favor and share the news about Catholic Drive Time. We would be very grateful to you. So just to recap, we do have Tim Ballard from Operation Underground Railroad. By the way, Jim Caviezel is portraying him in a movie. We're going to ask him about that as well. And then, of course, Avera Maria Santo is our guest to talk about same-sex attraction and the Catholic faith. Is it possible for those suffering through this uh, temptation to live a good and faithful life? I think the answer is yes, by the way. But she's going to be on the show to talk about that. So jam-packed show, jam-packed week. We're very excited. Why don't we jump into it? We have a lot to get to today. Let's pray for your intentions here in the waning days of the month of the Sacred Heart. Let us continue to go to our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors. Help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Looking at the headlines today, New York sees drop in unemployment. Far French left, sorry, French right loses key regional elections. Harris postpones trip to Detroit. New York prosecutors give Trump Organization lawyers Monday deadline. From the Hill, U.S. conducts airstrikes against Iran-backed militia groups on Iraq-Syria border. The U.S. on Sunday conducted airstrikes on facilities along the Iraq-Syria border, used by Iran-backed militia groups, the Pentagon announced. The, the Pentagon said that the strikes targeted operational and weapon storage facilities, which Iran-backed militia groups used to engage in unmanned aerial vehicle attacks against the U.S. troops in Iraq. The Defense Department added the U.S. is in Iraq for the purpose of assisting Iraqi forces in their fight against the Islamic State saying that they sent a clear message with their attack. Quote, The strikes were both necessary to address the threat and appro- appropriately limited in scope. As a, moment, as a matter of domestic law, the president took this action pursuant to his Article 2 authority to protect U.S. personnel in Iraq. End quote. The announcement comes as lawmakers consider repealing the authorizations for the use of military force related to Iraq. Also from the Hill, more than 4 million Brazilians have missed their second shot of the vaccine. Several million Brazilians have not gotten their second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, challenging a country that has already registered the world's second highest death toll from the disease. As of June 1st, 4.1 million people in Brazil, or about 16% of those eligible, had not received their second vaccine for a variety of reasons. One was because Brazil saw a delay in shipments of vaccine materials from China required to make the Sinovac Coronavac used in Brazil. Another reason is some Brazilians believe that they only need one shot of the vaccine to be protected from COVID-19. The World Health Organization, however, has recommended that both doses of the vaccine should be taken. On June 19th, Brazil passed a grim milestone of 500,000 deaths second to the over 600,000 deaths that the U.S. has seen for the COVID-19. 
Earlier this month, the Associated Press reported that only 11% of Brazilians were fully vaccinated. In response, the White House had announced on Wednesday that it would be delivering 3 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine to Brazil the following day. The rise in deaths led anti-government protesters to take to the streets to protest President Jair Bolsonaro's handling of the coronavirus. Last year, he had termed the coronavirus the little flu and resisted efforts to contain the disease, according to The Guardian. He was also fined twice for not adhering to masking guidelines. According to The Guardian, he is also being investigated into the country's handling of the pandemic. From CNN, Hungary has no place in the EU anymore, Dutch Lear says. Hungary has no place in the European Union after passing a controversial new bill banning LGBTQ content in schools. Earlier this month, Hungary's parliament passed legislation which bans all educational materials and programs for children, which are considered to promote homosexuality, gender reassignment, and the concept of sexuality deviating from the one assigned to a person at birth. The legislation is one of a string of divisious policies championed by Hungarian leader Viktor Orban, a hardline nationalist who has previously railed against LGBTQ people and immigrants. As he arrived for an EU summit in Brussels, Urban strongly defended the new legislation. Quote, It's not about homosexuals, it's about the kids and the parents. I am a fighter for the rights, I am a freedom fighter in the communist regime. Homosexuality was punished and I fought for their freedom and their rights. So I am defending the rights of the homosexual guys, but this law is not about that. It's about the right of the kids and the parents. Quote, end quote. On Tuesday, 14 of 27 EU countries expressed their deep concern at the law in the joint declaration initiated by Belgium. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Monday, June 28th. God love you. The saint of the day is St. John Southworth. He was born in 1592 at Lancashire, England, and studied and was ordained at the English College of Douai, France. He returned to England on the 13th of October, 1619, to minister to covert Catholics. He was arrested and condemned to death for his faith in Lancashire in 1627, and he was held in various prisons. At one point, hearing the final confession of St. Edmund Aerosmith just before that martyr was led to the gallows. Through the intercession of Queen Henrietta Maria, he and 15 other priests were turned over to the French ambassador on the 11th of April, 1630, to be sent into exile in France. Soon after, Father John returned to England working with St. Henry Morse. They worked tirelessly and fearlessly with the sick during a plague outbreak in 1636. He was arrested again for his faith in Westminster on the 28th of November, 1637. He was held in various prisons until, until the 16th of July, 1640, when he was released due to the mitigating circumstances of his good works. He was arrested again on the 2nd of December, 1640. He pled guilty to the crime of being a priest of Jesus Christ and was condemned to death. After 14, after 14 years in prison, during which he ministered to any prisoners who showed interest, he was executed by orders of the Commonwealth under Oliver Cromwell. One of the 40 martyrs of England Wells, he died hanged, drawn, and quartered on the 28th of June, 1654 at Tyburn, London, England, and was canonized on the 25th of October, 1970 by Pope Paul VI 
St. John Southworth, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 22. When Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other shore. A scribe approached and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But Jesus answered him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, how many times have we heard this particular passage and we have thought personally, I know I have a thought, you know, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests and the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Oh, Jesus is homeless. You know, that's kind of a very, very surface level reading. When you dive into the early church fathers, and we have the great opportunity to do so, thanks to verbum.com forward slash GRN for sponsoring our program and making it possible for us to look deep at this passage. St. Chrysostom, St. Augustine, St. Jerome, and many of the early church fathers saw something deeper going on here. And it's all about that scribe who approaches our Lord. St. Chrysostom said, observe also how great his pride approaching and speaking as though he disdained to be considered as one of the multitude, desiring to show that he was above the rest. St. Augustine would say, By the fox is meant craft and cunning. By the birds, pride. Thus then our Lord, our blessed Lord, answered him, Pride and deceit dwell in your heart. But you have left no place for the Son of Man to rest his head, who can rest only in the meek and the humble. St. Jerome would also point out the scribe of the law, because he esteemed the Savior only as one of many masters, he had no place where Jesus might lay his head. It is suggested to us that he sought to follow the Lord because of his great miracles, for the sake of the gain to be derived from them and was therefore rejected, seeking the same thing as did Simon Magnus when he would have, been, when he would have given Peter money for these incredible gifts. So St. Jerome, St. Augustine, St. Chrysostom point out something important for us. What are, what are our true intentions when we approach the Lord? The very next pa- verse in this uh, particular passage makes it clear, we better be all in or not in at all. Amen? We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. And Avera is going to join us to talk about same-sex attraction and the Catholic Church's teaching. All that is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. 
So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Tim Ballard is going to be our guest. He is the founder and president of Operation Underground Railroad. His job and the job of his team is to rescue children from human sex slave trade, from human trafficking, and to put those traffickers in prison. Praise be to God. He's going to be our guest, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to that. But joining us right now is Avera Maria Santo. She is a, a young Catholic woman from southern Alabama, a blogger who is uh, passionate about living out her Catholic faith and who has been traveling the country and writing and speaking about uh, the challenges of being same-sex attracted and living a good and faithful Catholic life, and we're very grateful for her time today. Good morning to you, Avera Maria Santo. Good morning. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive. And that counts. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and you? How are you? I'm wonderful. I will admit I am not used to waking up this early, especially in the summer. Uh, my first class, I think, begins at like eight. So <laughs> this is a bit early for me. <laughs> well, we were up at 3 a.m. five days a week. So we're, we're pretty much oh. used to it at this point. But uh, <laughs> praise be to God. Let's jump into this. Uh, uh, we're very excited to have a conversation. You know, it's a hot-button issue these days. Uh, I mean, this is June, and, and so many people claim this is Pride Month. We see a lot of uh, debate and dialogue, even within the church. I mean, just over the weekend, there was news about a letter from Pope Francis supporting uh, Father James Martin and his, and his messaging on this very topic. And so we thought, what a great opportunity to speak to somebody who has— uh, who has struggled with this particular temptation, same-sex attraction since, uh, since youth. Tell us, what is it like to be someone um, who is trying to live a good fa- a Catholic life and still has this temptation? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it depends person to person. Um, but for me, it was, it was scary. You know, that's the uh, that's the first thing that I think comes to mind is that I was I was terrified, Um, especially being I was young. You know, I was very young at the time. I was around 13, 14 years old. So I'm dealing with the stresses of middle and high school and, uh, (laughs) you know, being a Catholic and um, trying to live out my faith and trying to figure out what it meant to live out my faith at that point. Um, there was a lot of things that I didn't know. I especially didn't know Catholic church teaching at the time. So, and no one was really talking about it either, you know, so there was hardly any conversation. There was hardly any dialogue going around, um, what the church teaches on homosexuality. Um, so nobody was really giving me any solace, 
Um, so it was really just an internal battle every day of just like, okay, what am I going to do about this? How am I going to make sure nobody finds out? How am I going to, uh, how am I going to live day to day knowing full well that I struggle with this and how am I going to survive? You know, I'm asking survival questions at age 13 or 14. Mm. Um, whereas it, it wasn't as if, I, as if I was dealing with anything like a physical ailment. Um, but oftentimes I think that spiritual battles um, carry kind of that same weight, especially because no one sees those. So it was very easy for me to hide, um, but also very easy for it to kind of eat me alive in ways that no one would was noticing. You know, my parents had no idea. My best friends at the time had no idea. So while I'm struggling with these things as a very extroverted person, um, I start turning in on myself, you know, to where the very extroverted, optimistic, happy-go-lucky girl um, becomes a, a shadow of her former, her former self. You know, it, it just, it turned me into somebody I wasn't, um, all because I was suffering in a way that I didn't know how to express. I didn't have the language. I didn't have the, I didn't have the, the knowledge. I didn't have the, um, I didn't have the freedom to express, like, this is what I'm dealing with. And I want to know what the church teaches, but I want to hear it in a way that you know, it is, it's human, you know, that, that reaches out to me where I'm at, but also calls me to holiness. Like I didn't have any of this language. I didn't have any of mm. this. Um, so it was, it was very much so just a, a trial and it was suffering for many, many years until I had someone, a spiritual director of mine, um, talk me through it. Um, but that wasn't until I was a senior, a junior or senior in high school. So that was several years later. Uh, Avera Maria Santo is our guest, uh, a young woman who was uh, trying to live out the Catholic faith, but also had struggled with the same-sex attraction. Now, did Avera, did you have a, like a coming out of sorts? Did you? How far down into the uh, sort of the LGBTQ life were you were you going? Right. So I wasn't in the lifestyle very much. Um, praise be to God, because I don't know if I would have been able to come out of it. Um, like many, I know many people who have, but just knowing me, knowing my personality, I don't know, knowing my tendency to pride, I don't know if I would have been able to come out. Um, but man, um, it's, I, I went so far as to trying to identify myself as gay, uh, but it never really sitting right with me. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't resonating with that or why it just didn't feel right mm. to me. Um, I never, uh, it, it's so funny. I, I tell people I never um, acted out on it, but I actually remembered, I think with a, with some, some therapy and some different things like that, that I did actually quote unquote have a girlfriend for like two weeks um <laughs> somebody i met online um when i was like 14 years old i completely forgot about this uh, i think because it was such a traumatic time for me that there were plenty of things that i blocked out for several years there, there was like a three or four year period of my life that i just didn't remember almost anything about um but even in those things it didn't go too deeply for me 
which made it, I think, a lot easier for me to step back and be like, okay, like once I figured out church teachings, once I got it, it was a lot easier for me to be like, okay, like I need to, I need to remove myself from this. I need to kind of turn away from the things that, um, that I had been dabbling with or trying to identify myself with. Like, I just need to step back and take, take a breath and really try to figure out what I'm living for, what my purpose is, and anything that doesn't align with that, um, I need to step away from. Uh, so it was a bit easier for me to come out of, uh, no pun intended, but um, uh, it, 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 took a, it took a minute still to, eat from the things that I was involved in, mm. it was hard, you know, to remove imagine. myself at the end of the day. We have just about over five minutes left in our conversation with Avera Maria Santo. Uh, Avera, I, I'm curious, was there a point in this journey where you were seriously doubting or questioning or angry at what the church taught about the gift of human sexuality, the dignity of the human person. Did you ever feel like the church was too rigid, too stringent, too outdated? Oh, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, especially because when looking at the church, um, I, I really didn't understand what she taught. So reading through the catechism or, or going through things like that, especially as a, as a 14, 15 year old, um, I didn't understand what the catechism was saying. And no one was giving me any clarity um, as to why the church taught what she did. So, of course, I thought she was too rigid, like calling my desires intrinsically disordered and different things like that, because I didn't get why she was saying it. You know, if nobody was there to explain it to me, then of course, I'm just going to take it at surface level and run with it and be like, oh, she's calling me names or, oh, the church hates me or, oh, this or, oh, that. Um, No one was there to explain those things to me. So it took me a while to um, read church teaching or to understand church teaching in light of the fact that I was loved above all by Jesus Christ. Um, And once you start reading scripture and church teaching, the catechism, um, hearing the quotes from the saints, once you read all of those in context, mm-hmm. everything changes. But because I didn't have that context of love at first, um, it made everything more difficult for me. Let's so speak- it took me a while and it took me having that knowledge and having spiritual direction mm-hmm. and having people who also were in love with Christ. Um, it took them leading me um, and guiding me into what it was that the church was actually saying about me as an individual versus what it was saying about the attractions themselves. Um, it took me it took me a while to understand those, but once I got them, um, it was the most beautiful thing that I had ever heard. Four minutes left in our conversation with Avera. Oh, speaking of love, this is the word that gets thrown around quite a bit. Love. Love is love, right? Uh, so people mm-hmm. seemingly think, even, many in the church believe that to love is to let people just do whatever they feel or their self-identity really relates to. What would you say to that? Love is the very person of Christ, like love is not a fleeting emotion. Love is not a desire. Love in and of itself is the person of Christ our Lord. Um, and to have that knowledge means that we have to ascribe to what his definition of love is. And his definition of love is the crucifixion, right? Is his passion, death, and resurrection. Um, so looking at love in that context, 
love in and of itself is in fact love nobody really understands the gravity the true weight of that statement that god is love um so it is true love is love god is love um but love is not an emotion love is not okay i'm just, i don't want to hurt this person's feelings so i'm just gonna like let them do as they want no love is willing the good of the other um not simply desiring it um but willing so as to work toward the good of the other the good of the beloved right and that means requiring or desiring what it is that is good for them no matter how we might be feeling in the moment no matter if it might be difficult for us to say like no it is calling mm. the other person to love it is desiring that for Amen. them so we that ha- is the most important thing we have about a minute and a half left in our conversation with ava maria uh, avera maria santo and we uh and i just went ahead to kind of wrap up the conversation with saying how should we respond to our friends or our children uh, who are experiencing same-sex attraction and where can they find resources that they can trust to teach the true teaching of the church? Because there are so many pitfalls that you can fall into and many people claiming to be Catholic that are teaching things contrary to the faith. What are some good resources that uh, people can uh, look to? One minute. The best resource that I know is an organization called Courage and Encourage. Um, so you can find them at CourageRC.org, as I believe the, the website. Um, and John Paul II himself said that courage is doing the work of God. So it is a resource for people to find uh, pastoral care and fellowship um, for people who experience same-sex attractions, as well as their family members and friends um, who want to join in courage. Um, so John Paul II himself said it, and courage has been around for well over 40 years, and uh, they've been doing the work of God. They've helped me over the past four years that I've been a member. Um, so they are by far the best resource for people and their family and friends who experience same-sex attraction and gender identity right. um, disorders. Praise be to God, Avera Maria Santo. Thank you for your time today. Check her out on Thank Twitter, you. on Facebook, and online. Avera Maria Santo. God love you and God bless you. Have a great day. All right, that's going to do it. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. Tim Ballard's on the agenda. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, at chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Nine confirmed dead in Miami area building collapse. Calls rise for FDA to fully approve COVID-19 vaccines. Over 500 election fraud cases are pending in Texas courts. U.S. shale industry tempers output even as oil price jumps. Toyota defends donations to lawmakers who objected to certifying election. UN report accuses Russian operatives of abuses in the Central African Republic. Biden targets election integrity. The the Department of Justice sues Georgia over election law. Tourism-dependent Portugal to quarantine unvaccinated Britons. 542% increase in convicted sex offenders arrested at border. Oakland diverts $17 million from police budget. Do laws create abortion book for kids to normalize it as another outcome of pregnancy? 4,115 vaccinated people have died and been hospitalized with COVID-19 breakthrough infections. Italy rejects Chinese COVID-19 vaccines as China admits they're less effective against Delta variant. U.S. Senator calls for Canada to be put on religious freedom watch list over COVID arrests. Pope Francis meets European Parliament president after abortion vote. University of California Regents advanced proposal to pressure hospital partners' Catholic ethics. And North Carolina Governor vetoes a bill banning abortion based on race, sex, and genetic abnormality. Reported by The Hill, record-breaking heat hits Pacific Northwest. A record-breaking heat wave is surging throughout the Pacific Northwest. The National Weather Service has been sharing the latest on the heat wave impacting wide swaths of the Northwest. Quote, we are still expecting record-breaking overnight lows across the northern and possibly central portions of the Wilmette Valley tonight. The Portland metro area will struggle to fall below 80 degrees tonight and will rise to around 115 degrees tomorrow, while Eugene gets some relief. NWS Portland reported that the city has reached 112 degrees, making it the hottest day on record since 1940. The NWS Seattle shared that the city temperature has reached 104 degrees at the Seattle-Tacoma International Airport. This comes as the ongoing heat wave is moving to other United States, including Idaho, where more than 3,000 athletes are participating in an Ironman triathlon in Coeur d'Alene. Race organizers will provide chilling towels to athletes and 62,000 pounds of ice will be at hydration and misting stations where the Coeur d'Alene Fire Department will have 60 crew members at the race instead of the usual 17, the AP noted. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Monday. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up today. I also want to thank Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org, for keeping us, uh, you know, the ability to keep the show going. They help to sponsor our program, making it possible for us to get out of bed at 3 a.m. five days a week to bring you the latest news, information, and intelligent conversation. We're very grateful to realestateforlife.org. They connect people who are either buying or selling homes, and the proceeds uh, get to support pro-life organizations like our own. So, again, thank you, Real Estate for Life. 
org for your generous support of our program. We are trying to get uh, Tim Ballard scheduled to be our guest today. Uh, he is the uh, founder and president of Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, somebody I've been looking forward to speaking to for a long time. Um, uh, we're not sure. He's not on the line yet, so we're working on that. But let me just tell you this. According to a report published by the FBI, since 2013, there has been a 13,350% increase in the number of human trafficking reports. Let that sink in. In 2013, there were only 14 human trafficking incidents reported in 2013 in the United States. In 2019, there was almost 1,900 reported. And I'm not sure what the 2020 stat is. According, I only have the 2019 report in front of me. It's an insane number. And I remember listening to some interviews of Tim Ballard talk about uh, his work. And he, he made this anecdotal statement about the money generated in human trafficking around the world could pay easily for every uh, aspiring uh, young American to go to college, as well as a bunch, you know, cover a lot of other debt and needs of everything else, and then have met much money to spare in the end. It's such a massive business. I've heard him say that America is the number one consumer. Uh, that America is the number one producer of pornography, child pornography, and other problems. So we were all looking forward to having Tim Ballard on the program. As I said, he is not yet on, on the show. We're working on getting him lined up. Here's an article out of The Blaze. The headline goes like this. Court rules Facebook could be held liable for sex trafficking after teen victims sue social network. The article reads, the highest court in Texas has ruled that Facebook can be held liable for sex trafficking that is conducted on its social network. The court ruling against the tech giant arrives after sex trafficking teenage victims allege they were targeted on Facebook. Facebook's legal team argued that the social network was protected against liability due to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which protects websites from lawsuits if a user posts something illegal, although there are exceptions for copyright violations, sex work-related material, and violations of federal criminal law, according to The Verge. However, the Texas Supreme Court ruled on Friday that Facebook is not a lawless no-man's-land and could be held liable for sex trafficking. Praise be to God. The majority wrote, quote, We do not understand Section 230 to create a lawless no-man's land on the Internet in which states are powerless to impose liability on websites that knowingly or, internet or intentionally participate in the evil of online human trafficking, unquote goes on to say, quote, holding Internet platforms accountable for the words or actions of their users is one thing. And the federal precedent uniformly dictates that Section 230 does not allow it, unquote. The opinion said, according to the Houston Chronicle, goes on to say, quote, holding Internet platforms accountable for their own misdeeds is quite another thing. This is particularly the case for human trafficking. This is I'm going to we're going to post links to these articles. There, this is an important topic, human sex slave trade. If you've ever listened to Tim Ballard, again, we, he's not on. We, we expected him on today. For whatever reason, he's not here. We'll probably try to reschedule him so we can get a proper interview with him. He was a, he was a CIA agent, 
And then he switched to the Department of Homeland Security and he worked on the border. And then he was asked to uh, help with the human trafficking. And there was a, a jump team being put together in the Department of Homeland Security to help with human trafficking. And I remember listening to him say how he went to this interrogation training for undercover agents. And they told him, if you're my age or older, you remember Miami Vice, right? You remember the television show Miami Vice? And remember how much uh, you know the undercover component was in that, in that television series? It, I want you to be thinking about that in your head. Tim Ballard goes to this special school where they try to train these people to do that kind of job, to go undercover with the, with the criminals, to pretend to be among them, to survive in their midst, and then bust them in the end. And I remember hearing him talk about this, and he said when he got there, they were on completely brand new territory with human trafficking, with sex slave trade, especially of minors. They had nothing in their history that could prepare these agents to do this job. And when they, he showed up to this school, they said, it's not like we can train you to do this. You either can or you can't do it. Our only goal here is to tell whether or not you're able. And he said when he sat down with the training instructor interrogator, whose job it is to, to out this agent, to sort of uh, interrogate them to the point where they can discover that they are in fact lying and uh, an undercover agent, and so they're in the midst of this process, and Tim begins to introduce the human uh, child sex slave trade component. And the interrogator quits on the spot because he doesn't want anything to do with the mentality and psychology that would have to go into it uh, of human sex slave trade of, of children. That was very profound, I thought, because it it... It brings out the, the, the darkness. It brings out the disgustingness, the evilness, the sheer gravity of this evilness. And to hear Tim Ballard talk about the children that he encountered. And, uh, and there, you know, he went to Colombia. And he, he helped the Colombian government bust some uh, human traffickers that were operating on the beaches there to the American tourists for the most part. And uh, they set up a, a sting operation. And he brought down these former uh, Navy SEALs and special operators to help him with this process. And they're working with the Colombian government. And the, the traffickers brought in all these kids because they thought they were going to have some big party. One of the kids asked for cocaine to help ease the suffering. Let that sink in. Let that sink in for a moment. Could be your kid. Could be mine. Do you know the number one tool that groomers use to groom your child? is video games. Internet-connected video games. How often do we allow our kids, our homes, to have unfiltered access, unsupervised access to the internet? Through video games, through our cell phones and iPads. can't wait to get Tim Ballard on the show, and by God's grace, it'll happen. Just not today. We're going to come back. There's more on the what's concerning us that I would like to talk to you about, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Catholic Drive Time, headed your way.
This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Herman. There's something unique about the love of the parent and child. Nothing can replace it. Your children will have many friends, companions, and peers in their lives, but they will only have one mother or father. This relationship is so special that we need to make sure we never take it for granted or allow anyone to take our place. Sometimes we get caught up in wanting the perfect youth minister, teacher, or coach for our children, especially as they get older. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, and we thank God for those adults who have come into our children's lives, but no one will affect your child as powerfully as you can. Parents, remember that the authority you have as a parent isn't because you're perfect or holy or even that you have all the answers. Because let's be honest, sometimes we're just making this up as we go along. Instead, your authority comes from the fact that God has entrusted this child to you. Step into your role with confidence, knowing that God will give you the grace you need to be the best parent you can be. For more encouragement and parenting tips, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I'm going to open the phone lines. If you want to uh, participate in our conversations today, you're welcome to do so. Um, comment or question. Phone number is 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open. If you want to participate in our conversations today at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424 questions or comments, uh, Anna, uh, who's hanging out with us, is sort of like an intern, 877-757-9424. We'll take your call at 877-757-9424. Here's an article out of the LifeSite News. Biden taps activist professor to be U.S. envoy for LGBT rights worldwide. The article goes like this. President Joe Biden announced Friday that he has selected LGBT activist Jessica Stern as the United States Special Envoy for the LGBT rights abroad, filling a position created by former President Barack Obama and left vacant by his successor Donald Trump. Stern is an adjunct associate professor of international and public affairs at Columbia University and executive director of the pro-LGBT advocacy group Our Right Action. Biden is slated to formally introduce her to the country in a White House ceremony on Friday, according to The Hill. The article goes, quote, at a time when the human rights of LGBTQI plus persons are increasingly threatened in all regions of the world, Special Envoy will bring together like-minded governments, civil civil society organizations, corporations, and international organizations to uphold uphold dignity and equality for all, unquote, the administration declared in a statement. Uh, It goes on to say the move is just the latest way the Biden administration has gone all in on the LGBT agenda since taking office. Biden has signed multiple executive orders directing federal agencies to promote LGBT compliance, reserved the Trump administration, reversed rather, that reversed the Trump administration's ban on gender dysphoria in the military, displayed the transgender flag at the White House and is allowing U.S. embassies to fly, quote, pride, unquote, flags, uh, even at the Vatican. 
Let that sink in. You know, one of the reasons why we had Avera on was because there are many people who suffer through same-sex attraction. There are many people who have gender dysphoria in this world, people who are, who are struggling with these things. And as Avera said, when she first experienced these attractions herself, she was confused. She felt isolated. She felt alone. What she didn't share, share, because we didn't have a lot of time to do it, and hopefully we'll get her back and we'll have a much bigger conversation. By the way, the phone lines are open if you'd like to participate at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. However, but what she didn't share was how she got into this like bubble, and I've heard her talk about this on Gabriel Castillo's podcast, um, which is fantastic, by the way. We should link to it. He had a great, very long conversation, very detailed conversation with her. Gabriel Castillo's been on the show several times. Gabby, after hours, you can find it on YouTube. She found herself in this bubble. She was listening to these, uh, these LGBTQ plus uh, commentators, personalities, YouTube, everywhere else. And she sort of found herself listening to this a lot. So imagine for a second you're, you're feeling, you're struggling with these temptations, whatever they are. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a, in a world where there's only like that one voice. And that voice is telling you that you were born this way and this is all that there, this is how you identify and you should not feel ashamed or whatever. And you should just go right for it. I think that's part of the slippery slope that a lot of people find themselves into. And then they're told what the church teaches and why it teaches versus experiencing that teaching firsthand, reading, learning, researching, and discovering. The people in our lives can make or break us in many ways. The people in our lives can lead us, our peer groups can lead us in or out of truth. Avera was very blessed. She didn't go too far down that road uh, she, before she met somebody who, with passion, with care, with concern, with charity, gave her the opportunity to see the, what the church taught in its, its correct lens through the, the lens of dignity, the dignity of the human person made in the image and likeness of God. And I think it points out that we all have our struggles. (laughs) In the end, we are going to be judged for the life that we have led, for the sins that we have committed, the very words that have come out of our mouth, our thoughts, our hearts, our intentions will be judged in the end. No one is going to escape that. No one. We have to make tough choices in life. There is this sentiment that everybody's born this way. And I remember listening, I was reading a post by Gabriel Castillo over the weekend, and he talked about how he got a phone call over the weekend, and someone was railing at him because he interviewed Avera, and because she shared her testimony of living a good and faithful Catholic life, and that seemed to be opposed to the LGBTQ agenda, and they were railing at him. Well, they're born this way. Okay. Well, just because someone is born a particular way is not a get-out-of-jail-free card, not an excuse to do mortal sin, because we have freedom. What is that freedom for? The freedom we are given is to do the right thing. What is love? Love is to will the good of the other person, the ultimate good, which is heaven. And as Revelation 21.27 says, nothing unclean can enter it, as it's, as it's evidenced not only in the Gospels, or, but also in the Old Testament, too, that when we commit sin, no matter how, 
how we're challenged, no matter how we're tempted, no matter how we're born necessarily, when we choose willfully, knowingly commit sin, we separate ourselves from God. It's not God separating from us, it's us separating from God. And the consequences of of that grace dying within us, we're separating ourselves, those can be eternal consequences. So simply because someone is born a certain way, are pedophilia uh, people struggling with pedophilia, are they born that way? Do we give them a pass if they were? No, of course not. Of course not. What about liars, robbers, thieves, murderers? Do we just because someone is born with a particular challenge? Does that mean that they're they're off scot free? That we just accept every decision they've ever made? No. But isn't it repressive? Would it be repressive to re, to tell people, well, I know you feel this same sex attraction, therefore you can't live this way. You it's because it's wrong. Is that repressing people? No, because to will the greater good of the other person is love itself, and the greatest good of all is heaven in eternity in the beatific vision which means all of us, you, me, and everyone, no matter our sacrifices and sufferings, we all have to give some sacrifice, some penance, some, some, um, some effort to strive to find that narrow gate, to strive for it, which means even though I'm severely attracted to, to the greatest vegetable God has ever invented, chocolate, doesn't mean I could eat it by the bucket load. Because it would not be good for my health, and frankly, it could, it could damn me in hell forever. Even simple things like food have great temptations, and sacrifice is necessary to strive. What do you say, Adrian? Yeah, I think another important point is that, like, I agree with everything you're saying about even if you were born that way, which uh, what I wanted to address was the, the fact that really the, the, the commentary and the talking point of people who are born that way— has really been done away with in recent years because there have been several, several studies done, uh, twin studies done by LGBT people that are saying that they're coming out, figuring out that, no, you're not born that way. And that uh, there is no such thing as a gay gene that they were looking for. Everybody was raving about the gay gene saying that they proved that people are born that way. And like you were saying, even if it was true that you were born that way, that doesn't give you a pass. But... We now know from tons of research that no, a lot of this happens due to uh, sexual abuse that they people have in childhood and fatherlessness and uh, psychological damage has happened as as a child. And people will say, "Oh, but you know, I I've been uh, I know I've been gay since as long as I can remember," and that's the thing. As long as you can remember, our memories only go back so far. We don't realize how much of our uh, of our experiences prior to our memories shape who we are. Uh, I know many studies from the Ethics and, and Public Policy Center have came out and talked about how that more than uh, two uh, two to three times uh, heterosexuals are that are two to three times more likely to be abused are uh, end up becoming homosexual. So people who are abused are two to three times more likely to become homosexual if they're abused as children. And that uh, those people who have it, they those are, it, it's really common. You, we hear, um, what's his name, with uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. He was talking about how he realized that it was his abuse as a child that caused him to become homosexual. And uh, I, was, I hear from many people that they were, whenever they were abused by uh, certain people, and whenever they were in seminary, some young men, they said that beforehand, 
they were like completely had normal sexual attractions. And after their abuse, they began having these thoughts that they did not want. They did not desire, but it was just in their heads now. And they, and, uh, and so a lot of people, they suffer through this. They, they are legitimately suffering. And to well, say that they're born that way, I think is a, well, does them a disservice. So here's the issue. We have just about a minute left. This is the point. The reason why I even read the article was let's talk about charity. How is it charity to just encourage people in that lifestyle? How is that charity? It's harmful to them. Let's just look at the basic levels of depression and suicide that are higher disproportionately in that community than in, than in the rest of, of society. It's not charitable to encourage people to persist in their sin. It's like encouraging uh, you know, people who would commit murder or violence to continue to do it. It's fine. You were born that way, so it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay for any sin, no matter what it is. I mean, you blank. Okay, you insert sin here. We don't encourage people in sin. We're all sinners. Okay, we're all sinners. But the difference is... A repentant sinner acknowledges that and seeks grace and reconciliation through the sacrament of reconciliation and identifies as a son or daughter of the Most High God, does not identify with their brokenness, with their sin, with their temptation. You are a child of the Most High God. God made you incredibly and specially His child. That is who you are. If you fall, get up by going back to reconciliation. Be reconciled to God. Many graces will flow in your life and you will be given the courage and the strength to deal with your temptations. You are never alone. There is always someone to be journeying with you. Check out Avera's website. Check out Courage. Check it out. Spread that news. We'll be right back in the second hour. If you can join us, go online to grnonline.com forward slash CDT if you want to hang out with us. The game show is coming up next. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. In 1 Timothy, it says that Jesus is our sole mediator, yet we pray to Mary and the saints. Is that going against the Bible? 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. By praying to the saints, we're accused of going against the Bible because it seems we are making the saints mediators between God and man, not just Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see that Moses, Abraham, and Job interceded on behalf of others. That's mediating between God and man. Plus, we know that it is okay to ask others here on earth to pray and intercede for us. That's mediating between God and man. So once again, we have a situation where a passage of the Bible is being misinterpreted and misunderstood. There is only one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. But as members of the body of Christ, he allows us to share in his mediation. Scripture says that we have only one foundation, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. But Scripture says that there is more than one foundation, Ephesians 2.19 and 20. Scripture says that we have only one Lord. 
Lord, Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4, verses 4 and 5. But Scripture says there is more than one Lord, Revelations 19, 16. Scripture says that we have only one judge, Jesus Christ, James 4, verse 12. But Scripture tells us there is more than one judge, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Contradictions in Scripture? No, not when these passages are read in context. Jesus is the only foundation, Jesus is the only Lord, and Jesus is the only judge. But we are members of Jesus' body. Therefore, we are able, according to the graces given by Christ, to share in Jesus' role as foundation, as Lord and as judge, and in other aspects of Christ as well. Another example, as a father, I share in God's role as the Father by His grace. And so also the saints in heaven can and do share in Christ's role as mediator. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, Craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. You have survived it. You made it through the weekend. God is so very good. You're back at it. It's going to be an incredible week. We're looking forward to it. Hopefully you can hang out with us all week. Do us a favor also. Make sure you share the news about Catholic Drive Time. Help us to grow. We're very, we'd be very grateful to you. Uh, we had a wonderful conversation last hour with Vera Maria Santo about uh, her temptations to same-sex attraction, the difficulties, the challenges she faced as a young woman, feeling very isolated and alone. But she encountered good Catholics who helped to guide her, to counsel her, including a good priest. And uh, she is a faithful witness to what it means to be a good Catholic, to live the faith, to strive to live the faith, and still deal with same-sex attraction. Uh, Eva Maria Santo, good good interview today. We're going to be putting that conversation on our YouTube, Facebook, and elsewhere. You can check out the links on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Uh, any good news coming up? Yes, we have a lot of good news today. Oh, yeah? Yes. Wow. It took some finding, but I was able to find some. It so. took some finding. <laughs> I bet it didn't. It wasn't so hard to find the negative stuff. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's very prevalent. People like to, um, like to talk about that a lot. But uh, we need to talk about more good news. We have, And so I'm very happy we have a good news segment. Oh, you know, that reminds me. I got a text message last night in the middle of our prayer. Uh, we were praying as a family. We pray every night at the rosary together. And in the middle of our prayer, I got a text message from somebody here local who asked us to pray for a, a gentleman who who was from here, the Catholic community here, mm-hmm. but is missing in that building collapse in Florida. Mm. And uh, just reminded me of how many people still are missing. I think there's still like almost 100 people that they have not accounted yes, for. Un- about 100 people unaccounted for. Wow. Yes. Keep those people in our prayers for sure. Uh, good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. 
Good morning. Good morning. It's praise, good to be here. Praise be to God. Anything good over the weekend? Uh, absolutely. My buddy Kurt got confirmed on Saturday at the fraternity parish in Houston. And he, uh, and so we had a, like, it was crazy. We had like 25 guys. We all went out to a car and, uh, had a couple drinks to celebrate his confirmation. It was really nice. And it was first time we had like our entire group of friends together at one time. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Wow. It sounds like a rowdy crowd. Oh yeah. This, we, or people were making jokes. Like people say, uh, hashtag, uh, white boy summer, which is a joke <laughs> that goes around the internet. And we were saying hashtag Catholic boy summer. Catholic boy summer. So, Interesting. There you I, go. I had a wonderful opportunity to participate at an event at a parish locally on religious liberty. You know, last week I got to share my film, The Other Side of Fear and, uh, a, a film dealing with father wound. And then on Saturday I came back and I gave a short talk. And then uh, I participated in a panel discussion, and sitting right next to me was Dr. Peter Kreeft, uh, the, the philosophy professor at Boston College. And so that was a lot of fun to, to hang out and to uh, participate in the conversation with the, with the audience. It was just a lot of fun, very engaging. So i uh, very grateful to the Prince of Peace community that uh, invited me to, to be a part of that. So a lot of fun this weekend, plus family came uh, into town, and it's been very, very busy. Yesterday, almost didn't make it back from church we had a uh, a flat tire situation that stranded us for a little while, but uh, God's grace, we have to uh, deal with these little inconveniences, uh, but that's the way it goes. Let's jump into it. We're going to have the game show coming up this hour, and we have a brand new sponsor. We have Rugged Rosaries as our sponsor this week, which means that we're going to be giving out a rosary by the end of the week. Praise be to God. So if you would like your chance to win a rugged rosary, all you'd have to do is be our first caller when we give out the phone number. But if you if you want to uh, maximize your opportunities, you could jump on the line early and hold the phone number, the rules. It's all on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors. Help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Arizona House passes law requiring schools share stories from people who fled communism. Ohio Republicans pass sports bill as Democrats attempt to disrupt proceedings. Ohio is the latest state moving to protect sex-based standards against transgender ideology after Republicans in the Ohio House of Representatives passed new sports regulations on Thursday. House lawmakers yesterday approved Senate Bill 187, which allows college athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. Just beforehand, however, Republicans amended the bill to add a section banning biological males from competing against females in high school and college sports, according to local news reports. From the Catholic News Agency, Church in Venezuela calls for a day of prayer and fasting for the liberation of the country. In commemorating the June 24th centennial of the Battle of Carabobo, the Venezuelan Bishops' Conference highlighted on their website a day of prayer and fasting promoted by Jesus the Good Shepherd Parish in the Coro Archdiocese. The Battle of Carabobo pitted 
Venezuelan patriots against Spanish royalist forces, and the patriots' victory in 1821 marked a turning point in the country's struggle for independence from colonial Spain. Called Venezuela Lives and Journeys with Jesus Christ, the Lord of History, the parish day of prayer and fasting included adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and the recitation of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Parishioners prayed for the liberation of the country, the improvement of living conditions, and the end of the coronavirus pandemic. Reported by LifeSite News, Kentucky police officer returns to work after being suspended for praying outside a bortuary. A, a Kentucky police officer will return to work after the Louisville Metro Police Department confirmed that it will not formally discipline him for quietly praying the rosary in front of a Louisville abortion clinic last winter while off-duty. On February 20th, 2021, before dawn, on a Saturday morning, the officer quietly had prayed alone with his father for less than one hour in front of the EMW's Women's Surgical Center. Shortly after starting his regular patrol duty later that morning, the officer was ordered to return to his division's office, where he was placed on administrative leave with pay pending an investigation. The decorated 13-year veteran with no prior disciplinary violations and a wife and four young children to support had remained on indefinite leave. We are happy for the officer that the Louisville Police Department finally did the right thing and put a good policeman back on the streets, said Thomas More Society attorney Matt Heffron. But it is astounding to those of us defending him, shocking actually, that the police department would treat a hard-working, loyal officer this way. They left him twisting in the wind for four months because of off-duty prayer. LMPD sent the officer notices of potential violations of LMPD's standard operating procedures and a Kentucky statute. None of the officer's off-duty prayer was covered by the LMPD allegations, and any formal punishment under these circumstances would violate his First Amendment rights, Heffron said. In March, the Thomas More Society, working with Louisville attorney Blaine Blood, sent to LMPD a detailed analysis of applicable provisions of the collective bargaining agreement, the LMPD standard operating procedures, and the First Amendment, requesting that the matter be resolved quickly and that the officer be al allowed to return to work. The attorneys also sent an open records request to LMPD and confirmed that the department had not taken disciplinary action against on-duty, uninformed uniforms ununiformed officers who march with Black Lives Matter protesters and in LGBT parades. The facts have been undisputed from the start. The whole event was captured on the abortion clinic's security video, said Heffron. It showed two men, nondescriptly dressed, walking quietly back and forth as they said the rosary. The abortion clinic was closed and the street in front of it was practically deserted. It was quickly clear to our lawyers LMPD did not have a foot to stand on, said Heffron. It's too bad they took... LMPD four months to figure it out. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Monday. The saint of the day is St. John Southworth. He was born in 1592 in Samlisbury, Lanchestershire, England. She, he studied and was ordained at the English College of Douai, France. He returned to England on the 13th of October, 1619, to minister to covert Catholics. He was arrested and condemned to death for his faith in Lancashire in 1627. He was held in various prisons and at one point hearing the final confession of St. Edmund Arrowsmith just before that martyr was led to the gallows. 
Through the intercession of Queen Henrietta Maria, he and 15 other priests were turned over to the French ambassadors on 11th of April, 1630, to be sent into exile in France. Soon after, Father John returned to England, working with St. Henry Morse. They worked tirelessly and fearlessly with the sick during a plague outbreak in 1636. He was arrested again for the faith in, West, in Westminster on the 28th of November, 1637. He was held in various prisons until the 16th of July, 1640, when he was released due to mitigating circumstances of his good works. Arrested again on the 2nd of December, 1640, he pled guilty to the crime of being a priest of Jesus Christ. He was condemned to death. After 14 years in prison, during which he ministered to any prisoners who showed interest, he was executed by the Order of the Commonwealth under Oliver Cromwell. One of the 40 martyrs of England and Wales, he was hanged, drawn, and quartered on the 28th of June, 1654, at Tyburn, London, England, and was canonized on the 25th of October, 1970, by Pope Paul VI. St. John Southworth, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 22. When Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other shore. A scribe approached and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But Jesus answered him, Follow me. And let the dead bury their dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the last hour, I looked at how the early church fathers saw in that scribe uh, a hypocrisy there that Jesus calls out that uh, the foxes and the, the birds and their nests and their dens are more to do with his heart and that there's no place in his heart for Jesus to rest his head. But in this uh, second hour, I want to look very quickly at the second part, the bury uh, the dead, bury their dead. St. Chrysostom says, if Jesus forbade him to first bury his father, it was not to have us neglect the honor due to our parents, but to make us realize that nothing is more important than the things of heaven and that we ought to cleave to these and not to put them off, even for a little while, though our engagements be ever so indispensable and pressing. St. Gregory the Great would also say, and I think this is fascinating, the dead also bury their dead when sinners protect sinners. They who exalt sinners with their praises hide the dead under a pile of words. Ouch. That's a scorcher right there. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, so I was going to commentate on the same part, so I may say a lot of the same things. But the uh, here it's St. Uh, Cornelius, Al or not St., but Cornelius Alapide, uh is points out that St. Ambrose says that we must, that human things must give way to divine things. And this is important to remember because Cornelius Lapide points out that we know who we all understand that good works like burying the dead must give way and is less than the greater work, which is to preach the gospel. And so this is the greater work. And that's what God was calling his disciples to do, to preach the gospel, which is a greater work objectively. Cornelius Lapide says, observe, Christ does not intend to condemn the burial of the dead, which is a work of mercy, praise in the book of Tobit. In fact, you know, it's a corporal work of mercy, but the corporal works of mercy are subordinate to the spiritual works of mercy. 
He goes on, but he wished to teach them when God calls, he must immediately be obeyed. For God knows our hindrances, and when he calls us in them, he wishes us to break them off, and in effect, promises us his grace and helps to enable us to do so. And by laying down the things that we are attached to, like burying our dead, that our Lord will fulfill us in a greater way and give us the grace necessary to obey those commandments. And he goes on and talks about the two kinds of death. The two kinds of death being a spiritual death of unbelievers and those destitute of the grace of God and those with the physical death, with the spiritual death being big, whatever someone is corporally dead, whenever it's physically dead is when the soul and the body are torn asunder. When you're spiritually dead, your soul and its unity with God is torn asunder. And therefore, at that moment, you are spiritually dead. And so Cornelius Lapidus say, Christ here plays upon the word dead, for the first death signifies spiritual, and the second death bodily. And this is, uh, I think uh, that will be sufficient for the commentary. All right, praise be to God. It's time to play Fear and Trembling, looking for our caller to be our contestant to get the first three chances to win the rugged rosary that we're going to be giving away at the end of the week. So we're looking forward to that. If you would like a chance to win, all you need to do is call 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. 
Praise be to Jesus Christ. That phone number is 877-757-9424. If you've never played before, this could be your chance. You don't even need to know the answers to win this game. And if you haven't played in a while, like a month or whatever, call back. You can uh, you could possibly win a rugged rosary. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. But on Fear and Trembling, we like to do a couple of things. That are, let's just say, secret. Okay, so this is a hidden agenda that I don't want you to share with anybody else. Just keep it between us, but I like to do a few things. Number one, we like to share the faith. So we like to find those teachable moments where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. We like to have fun in the process, and our callers tend to be really good sports and laugh right along with us. And, of course, we like to give out prizes, making it kind of a winner for everybody involved. But although I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, I'm showing them to the camera for those hanging out with us online, I do not ask the caller these trivia questions, so they don't even need to know the answers to win this game, because I will ask Janelle, and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong, and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. What could they win, Janelle? They can win an Our Lady of Guadalupe Rosary at thirty-nine at a value of thirty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Wow! Yes, praise be to God. A rugged rosary. We're very grateful to our sponsor for supporting us and giving us prizes to give away this week. So, rugged rosary. God bless you and thank you for your generous support of our show. And by the way, thanks to those that called in. We're very grateful to you for uh, picking up the phone and being a part of our show. Let's go to the phones now. Don, good morning to you. Thank. Thanks for being on the program. Good morning. Glad to be here. Praise be to God, Don. Are you the same Don on Facebook? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I, no, I, no, not. So you probably not. Joe. You typically <laughs> hang out with us then by radio. I do. I hang out every morning on the way to work. Awesome. Praise be to God. Where are you from, Don? Greenville, Texas. Greenville, Texas. And where do you go to church? St. Williams. St. Williams. That's a beautiful parish, I'm sure. I don't think I've been to that one. Um, but uh, you say you, you hang out with us every day. That means, Don, that you know. You know the deal. You know that uh, Janelle and Adrian are very tricky people, and they may try to fool you. I know that they're only right 50% of the time. <laughs> uh, um, also, I want to say, Joe, I have mis- mislaid your trust in me. I've actually told people about the game show and that I do have an opportunity to win. All the things you say, don't tell people to do. Uh, what, Don? Done, so you're killing me. You're, they're going to out I, us, Don. They're going to they're well, know our secrets. We got to just, let's keep this between us, okay? But the good news is, Don, is I am on your side today. I want to see you I win. You so let's see if we can get past Janelle and Adrian and get you into that cup. You ready to play? I am. I'm glad we stopped calling Janelle Emily, too. I mean, <laughs> you and me both, Don. I, I write the note down, and it's like I can't read my own writing. But uh, let's let's see what happens here. All right, Janelle, are you ready? We're going to start with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm ready. Are you sure? I am ready. All right, uh, Janelle, can you tell me what virtue enables one to bear honors without pride? And to make sacrifices without expecting rewards. What virtue would give us that ability? Oh, man. Let's see. To bear honors without pride and to make sacrifices without expecting rewards. 
I think I know the answer, okay. but I'm going to mm-hmm. struggle mm-hmm. a bit pronouncing it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Magnanimity. Magnanimity. You did pretty good, I would say. Okay. That's pretty, pretty. You nailed you. that. You Thank nailed you. that. I wonder what Adrian's going to say. Adrian, can you tell me what virtue enables one to bear honors without pride and to make sacrifices without expecting rewards? Hmm. Okay. So, hmm. That would be a. That would be a virtue that's related to the irascible powers. So I'm going to say humility. Humility. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a tough one, I'd say. Mm. So Adrian is going to uh, say humility, and Miss Janelle is going to say magnanimity. Oof. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Don. What say you? I don't think I can pronounce magnanimity, so I'm going with Adrian. Are you sure? Uh, maybe. Oh! oh <laughs> darn it! <laughs> yeah, sorry, Don. Uh, in fact, the Janelle's right. It's magnanimity. 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 It's two ends. Two ends. So magnanimity. Now, magnanimity is defined by Merriam-Webster as the quality of being magnanimous. Loftiness of spirit, enabling one to bear trouble calmly, to disdain meanness and pettiness, and to display a noble generosity. So magnanimity was the correct answer. Adrian using humility too close yeah. to the source, my friend. Yeah, magnanimity is a daughter virtue of magnanimity, and magnanimity is uh, specifically in regards to your specific action of nobility. So it's a, it's a sli- slightly distinction there. You know, and one of the reasons why I chose this question is because uh, when I read uh, The Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence by St. Columbert, this, uh, this, m- this virtue really imbibes the core teaching of that book, uh, giving everything over to God, being able to accept everything that comes your way with grace and humility, magnanimity. So at any rate... Not bad, Don. Don't worry. Don't fret. Two chances still to get you in. And I'm going to have to say the next question is super easy question Monday. Okay. I think you got uh, this. Okay. I think you got this. Right. We're going to go All with right. Adrian this time. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me? Which king, which king was responsible for officially separating England from the papacy? Oh, yes. Um, Shakespeare wrote a play about him. That was uh, Richard III. The Lionheart? No, no, not Lionheart. It's not the Richard Lionheart? The, no. Lionheart is the first one. I think. Oh, Richard the first. Yeah, okay. Richard III. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so not Lionheart. No, Richard III was a bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah. Richard III, the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. You know, the play Richard III got by it. Shakespeare. I got it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Janelle, can you tell me which king was responsible for officially separating England from the papacy? That is most definitely King Henry VIII. Not Richard the bad guy? Not Richard the bad guy. Well, his name huh. isn't Richard the bad guy. Oh, it's, oh, it's <laughs> not. I wrote that down. It's not. So you're saying now it's not Richard the bad guy. Richard the third. The, the bad guy third. Okay. Anyway, Adrian is on the hook for Richard the third. And Janelle is on the hook for King Henry the eighth. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Don, what say you? I'm going with Janelle. <laughs> Survey says... Yes, yeah, so, yeah, that was easy, right, Don? I mean, you knew that one. 
I knew that one. Yeah, yeah. that was a good one. One, yeah. one strike. That's all it takes. Uh, Getting the cup. That's what I'm saying. You you could win now. Praise be to God. This is a good thing. I think we can double your chances though, Don. I think we have a chance here okay. to get you in there twice, making it even more possible. Let's see what uh, what happens here. We're going to Janelle again. Janelle, can you tell me what is the term? For the Pope's being free from error and exempt from mistake. What do we call that official term where the Pope makes infallible statements? Hmm. Being free from error and exempt from mistake. Uh, I'm going to go with invincibility. The Pope has the attribute of being invincible from error and mistake. Like Superman? Yes. I see, I see. Okay, okay. Let's go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me? <laughs> Don't look at me Why like are that. You laughing? Don't look at me like that, Adrian. Serious business here. Adrian, can you tell me? What is the term for the Pope's being free from error and exempt from mistake? What do we call so, that? Uh, you're a, let me, you're a theologian. Let me, let me restate that question. What is the what is the the uh, ability for the Pope to make infallible statements? Yes, that's infallibility. <clears throat> Oh, so you're saying the answer is infallibility. Yes, that's, huh. that's my guess. Who knew? Interesting. Nah, just a guess, you know. Just, okay. So you're on the hook for infallibility. Si, senor. And uh, Janelle's on the hook for invincibility. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Don, what say you? Um, Adrian. Survey says... Duh. Yes, Don. That went, yeah, that, you, that's a perfect use of the duh button. Yeah, <laughs> you, you knew that one, right? You, were, you knew that, right, Don? Yeah. That was fairly easy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, so yeah. not bad. Two out of three, Don. How do you feel? I feel good. I'm excited about the possibility of uh, winning a rugged rosary. I've had friends that have those and have admired them, so I'm excited. Praise be to God. You know, as a guy, there's nothing worse than a rosary that falls apart in your pocket, right? Yes, sir. So you, having a rosary that will stand the test of time, God is so very good. All right, Don. Well, if it's God's will, your name will be drawn from the coffee cup of divine providence on Friday. So uh, we'll have to just wait to see. And, if you know, hopefully you'll win. Let God's will be done in all things, Don. Thank you for your time today. We're going to put you on hold, but God bless you and God love you. Thank you for having me. All right, Don. And that is going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Thank you for joining us. We're very grateful to you. If you can uh, or you want to hang out with us for the after show where we talk a lot more casually and you, the dear listener, gets to drive that conversation, whatever you want to talk about is on the agenda. All you got to do is hang out with us on a live video feed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or you can just go straight to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. By the way, Mike Pompeo is on the agenda tomorrow. So tune in, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise.
Friends, be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we talk a way more casual than normal. And, um, you know, giving out, giving out the answers to questions before we question. I don't know. I have no idea what's up with that. Can you blame it on just being Monday? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, can you blame it on the Holy Ghost and inspiration? Not so sure. Not so sure. Or maybe, just maybe, you're just trying to see the guests' best, better interests, unlike uh, some of the players of the game. I don't know. I don't know. Come on, man. Turn your mic you on. You know what my favorite button is? No. I, I deleted it. <laughs> I that's know. What, yeah, you're button. very quick on that button, man. I, get, I give him, like, <laughs> after you say, are you sure? I give him about three seconds. Dang. You give him three seconds to change their mind. You are and then ruthless. I'm like, and, then I, and I hit that button. Ruthless with that mm-hmm. button. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I want to give him an opportunity to think. Mm-hmm. You know, you never give them opportunities to think whenever they get the right answer. Uh, true, because they're mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see here. All right. Shorter day today. Shorter day. Oh, I forgot. That's right. Adrian kicks us off. What time we got to get off? Uh, today at 38 after. Come I have on, to. Man. Yeah. I have an issue with Simeon. 38 after, so we have like no time. Uh, Christopher Velasquez, good morning to you. Colin, good morning to you. Praise be to God, Tammy. Good morning, Eric. Good to see you. Of course, Angelo. It's been a while, Angelo. Good to see you back here, my friend. Hopefully everything's going really well for you. Uh, William Hemsworth. By the way, I'm going to be on William's program in July. I'm looking forward to being on his podcast. It says, good morning, CDT. Glad that things, that these ruling are coming in regard to... I, I don't know. <laughs> In regards to non-sex trafficking and social media, so many are being targeted. That's true, but yes. the, the word construction there threw me off. Yes. Construction there threw me off. Uh, but William, it's good to see you, my friend. Uh, let's see. Uh, who else is here? Who else is here? Praise be to God. Let's go to Facebook here. Glenn, good to see you. It says, I got the most beautiful rosary at the shrine of the most blessed sacrament on Saturday. Onyx beads and a garnet red color. Wow. It was such an awesome experience. I hope to return and spend more time in there someday. I'm going to have to hang out with you, Glenn, to get the lowdown on how that trip went. Buddy Kane, good morning. Jesus Robles, good morning. Patty, of course, was here. Ubi, good morning to you. It's always good to see you. And uh, let's see who else is on here. Uh, scrolling back, scrolling way back. Let's go to Lori and Don. Don I, Don Paddock, I almost thought you were the Don on the phone. That's why I was asking. Poor guy was so confused. Like, well, I mean, he's I like, have, he's like I, have a, I have a Facebook account. I, I'm like, <laughs> like, but he's trolling you. He's like, <laughs> I've been trolling you. He's like, weird. <laughs> Awkward at best, man. I'm sorry. I confused you. I wasn't sure if this was our Facebook friend, Don. Don Paddock, it's always good to see you, my friend. This is the other Don, he says. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Josh Knoll, good morning. He says, I have the Padre Pio pocket rosary from Rugged Rosary. It's it's also well made. I absolutely love it. Uh, that's awesome. You know, a buddy of mine is actually making a rosary right now. He's designing it where it's like a it's a pocket rosary, but it's like a um, almost like a fidget toy. Where you can click in to keep track of your of your uh, Hail Marys, and then so and then it has a counter on it, so it counts your decades. So it's a ten decade rosary that reminds you. So if you do a decade here and then an a decade later, it keeps a uh, counter of how many decades you've done. Huh. Uh, so I just, it's, it's really cool because 
whenever I get those one decade rosaries, I always forget which decade I am if I if I don't finish a whole rosary. Yeah. I'm like, crud, where was I? Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. Susan Weber, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out today. Joaquin, it's good to see you, my friend. Gloria, praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out. We're grateful. Nic- Nicola, Nic- Nicola, I think that's how you say that correctly. It's been a while, Nicola. Thanks for hanging out again today. It's good to see you on the uh, on the chat there. Praise be to Jesus. Joe can't. Hashtag Joe can't. Uh, there's a lot of things I can't. I can't remember what I can't. Let, remind me what I can't. That'd be great. Uh, Jeff Burrier, good morning to you. Elizabeth, praise be to God. Tammy, good morning. Monica, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Hopefully you guys had great weekends. We're about to uh, be kicked off the radio here by... Uh, by uh, Adrian Fonseca, because he has another job to do, actually. He's got to help with the uh, intersection. intersection show today, which Brie Dale and Joey Mignon host uh, live from from Rome, by the way, right outside the Vatican. So tune in for that. Praise yeah, God. it's going to be a good show today. Uh, they're talking about what uh, Brie was at a at a press conference and has some insider information about some things going on with, the, with Pope Francis. So yeah. that'd be an interesting conversation. Yeah, for sure. A lot of difficulties in our day and our time. You know, I was really looking forward to uh, having uh, Tim Ballard on. I don't know why he didn't come on. Well, hopefully we'll get that rescheduled for you. Um, you know, I like to try to bring some of the greatest ex- subject matter experts to the show to talk about various topics. When it comes to uh, human trafficking, Tim is certainly up there. Uh, somebody whose organization has been saving a number of children worldwide. And... Uh, so hopefully we'll get him back on. You know, I had a, we had a great conversation a few months ago with another gentleman who was former CIA. I'm going to actually work on trying to optimize that video this week in hopes of seeing it get some more traction on our website, but on our YouTube channel in particular. For y'all who are on our email list, would y'all be interested in receiving a, another email of like, oh, uh, these, these videos we thought uh, should have done better, but didn't get as much traction as we thought? And we think that uh, people would be interested in it. Would y'all be interested in, in an email like that? Just curious. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, the other thing was I'm considering putting together a text list for Catholic Drive Time. The idea being if you would like to be notified of shows, notified when we go live, notified when we're releasing content, um, then I could put you on that list and send you a text blast maybe once a day or something like that. Um, so I'm, I'm considering doing that. I probably will announce it through the email list to, to start with. And so the, the typical habit is every Thursday I send an email to our list where I share with you some unique content that we're not sharing elsewhere. And so this past week what I did was I gave you first access to the Mike Pompeo interview. And uh, we're going to be editing that and putting it out tomorrow on tomorrow's show, but our email listers, our ca- our CDT insiders, they had first access to that. So we'll be we're going to we come up with new content, new, exclusive content, if you will, that we send just to the email list. So I'll send that. Uh, I'll, I'll let everybody know in the email list. Hey, if you want to be on our text list, here's how you join the text list, and then I will let you guys know how to join the text list once I set it up. I haven't set it up, but the idea being that if Facebook, YouTube aren't going to consistently notify you every time about our content and our show. Well, I can do that. I can set that up. I can uh, send you a little blast to your cell phone. The idea is not just to harass you, although I'll be harassing you. Let's not. Let's be clear about this. The idea is to keep you informed so that uh, we can overcome some of the tech censorship that we're seeing. Yeah, Nicola says yes. Don says yes. Adrian, Lori says yes. I'd be interested in forwarding any email that gets sent out. 
Awesome. So there are people who are interested. Colin says yes. Uh, Tammy says yes. Uh, Colin says thank you, Joe. And uh, Roger says the Great Awakening is happening. God wins. God wins. Praise be to God. So, yeah, it seems like people are interested. Good. good. All right, great. So make sure you're on the email list to start with, and you can do that right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. I gave you an extra minute. Or as as he bravely as he kicks us off, you could just text the letters grn to 42828. That's another way to join our email list. That's uh, grn to the number 42828. You know, Joe, uh, the... I did a podcast, I think it would be a good thing to share, is we were having the discussion about um, about The Chosen and about yeah. the depiction of Our Lady. Yeah. So I did a whole 45-minute podcast on uh, what the church fathers, what the doctors of the church, what do the liturgies of the church, what do the mystics say about Our Lady's birth and whether or not she had birth pains. And of course, I mean, I'll just tell you right now, the answer is no, she did not have birth pains. And uh, she gave birth miraculously. But I prove it. Uh, with scripture, uh, church fathers, doctors, saints, theologians, and mystics, uh, and I think that'd be a good thing to talk about because I just yeah. kept on. This has been this has been bugging me since that whole controversy came out. I was like, why is this controversial? So, yeah, yeah. Well, we always like to look at what the early church fathers say. We, you know, in fact, we were part of a conference on Saturday, and I mentioned that someone asked about why we don't hear clarity and homilies a lot, and um, you know, that was one of the points that I made. By the way, uh, can we get my my fifteen minute talk there to give out? Um, you videotaped maybe. it. I gave it away, so I have to go see if I can find it, but maybe. Okay, that might happen in the future. Who knows? All right, we got to go. Uh, I'm sorry to have cut this short today, but Adrian has got to uh, get busy doing another job. So we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Do us a favor, share the content. It's super important to help us overcome the difficulties we see in suppressing the content on uh, these platforms, and we're striving to do something special here and we're grateful for your participation in that god love you god bless you all again uh tomorrow mike pompeo is on uh deacon nick donnelly's coming i'm not sure if it's tomorrow or later the week but it's going to be a great lineup this week yeah deacon nick donnelly is tomorrow so big show tomorrow too mike pompeo and deacon nick donnelly praise be to god god love you all god bless you have a great day we'll see you then joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Live from the sun-drenched cobblestones of... I'm uh, playing the music, Bree, so uh, just going to test to see if the break's going to work correctly today. So that's what you're hearing. So don't freak out. Right. Oof. Well, good news is next week y'all get a break. Oh, really? For what purpose? Oh. Peter and Paul's tomorrow. I know that. Huh. Praise be to God. That's awesome. We all know. Okay. That's working. Okay. So you're going to have a minute and a half break like you usually do. Like, unlike the last two weeks.
We only had one minute break. That's fixed now. Oof. Okay, Simeon's done. Let's move on to this. I miss what you said. You're breaking up. No problem.
Uh, I can't remember. Gout. Something like that. Speaking of which, where's Joey? Okay. Well, yikes. Okay. Well, worst case scenario, I'm here, so use me as you need me. Praise be to God, Joey made it. Six minutes. Or five and a half, rather. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah.
Testing. Okay. Thumbs up. Go. No. Yes. That's no. Better. Yep. You're good. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Oh. Okay. Cool. Sorry. I didn't have my headphones on. Uh, one second. minutes I'm not frozen neither You're not are frozen you. either on my screen it's okay your pause faces are fantastic pretty much the best uh i mean it was uneventful we watched soccer yeah, the, or if, football. If you're watching soccer, then obviously it's uneventful. I mean, Italy won, so <laughs> yeah, one zero, uh, two one. Wow, in, that's uh, game. in extra innings. Wow, what I like to call it. Uh, yeah, they won two one in uh in in overtime. That's hilarious. And then Portugal and and Belgium last night were was. Are y'all going to talk about uh, the letter Pope Francis sent to Martin, James Martin, Father Martin? Uh, I have it up on my things to talk about. So I have it up on my like my little news things of things that we could talk about to to fill time. No, it was a thank you letter. He sent him some pictures and stuff of his kid uh, wearing, po- or his nephew wearing. Um... Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Minute and a half. 
I almost just ripped my entire monitor off its stand. So and that's no bueno. Nope. Yep. Uh, here's a tip. Don't do that. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. That's welcome. uh. Your internet. What? What? This is wrong with your. Hmm. Oh, bye, bye, Bree. <laughs> One minute, and we're back. All right, putting you on mute. We have a uh, sweet fifty seconds. Hey, Bree, am I introing us or are you? 